0: mental toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob.
1: Boy, this is exactly like stuttering. You know, here I am practicing these short puts, and I'm going into competition, and it's not doing, you know, a darn thing about it, you know? And so it's a, you know, it's a really helpless feeling, right? It's like it defies a certain type of effort. So you really got to, it's not just about hard work, but it's about hard smart work. And you got to, you know, just figure it out, you know, a way to kind of organize the chaos. And so... So kind of fast forwarding, you know, I'm at the fire department, I'm struggling with my stutter, I'm stuttering, I'm I'm learning about it, I'm making these connections, and I'm thinking about, hey, if this relates to stuttering, it's gotta relate to golf, you know? And so, you know, like you said, I put those concepts into a process.
2: Folks, when I finished my 100 miler, I was happy to be done, but I wasn't finished. The reason why my legs weren't completely bonked from running was that I used PR Lotion by Momentus. It simply eliminated any lactic acid buildup in my legs and it's the best product I've ever used. Momentus is a leading nutrition and supplement company which works with over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. No other company has the accolades of being awarded six innovation contracts from the Department of Defense for Human Performance. Since I started using PR lotion, I now use their plant-based protein, collagen peptides, and recovery formula. Look, if performing is important to you, do yourself a favor, go to livemomentous.com. And for listening today, you get the best part, a discount. Enter code DRB20 for 20% off your order. That's D-R-B and the number 20. Livemomentous.com. Optimize, perform, and recover. Livemomentous.com. So our guest today is a mental performance coach. I've met him on tour. We've had many conversations every time that we're out there together. He has winners on the PGA Tours, worked with uh, players such as Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover, uh, Jimmy Walker, amongst many others. He's a firefighter. based in Paducah, Kentucky master's degree in religion or theology. Uh, Our guest uh, is also a father and a wonderful guy. His name is Ward Jarvis. My man, Ward, how are you, buddy?
1: Hey, Doc. Uh, It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on.
2: So your first play that you ever did was in preschool. You got to tell us about
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I'd say everyone's first play or opportunity to to be in some kind of place in preschool, right?
2: Yeah, but yours is a little bit so, different though, right?
1: Yeah, mine definitely was different, you know, not, not only for myself, but for my parents, because, uh, you know, when I started uh, speaking, uh, it was pretty evident that I was going to be like one of uh, 70 million people in the world who stuttered. So um, that was kind of a reality that that was... Uh, Front and center in in uh, my life, and probably more so in my parents' life at that time. So, um, yeah, you know, your 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 kid comes home uh, with a with a line in the play, and uh, yeah, you know, if your kid doesn't stutter, it's probably not a big deal. You know, they're going to get up there and talk about turkey or the pilgrims, and it's going to be all good. But You know, if your kid, uh, literally, you know, uh, stutters and sometimes when they go to speak, uh, nothing comes out and, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you, uh, you know, and I'm sure the teachers probably, you know, asked my parents, you know, what they wanted to do. You know, we can give water singing, singing role, maybe because, uh, stutters don't stutter when they sing. So, but, uh, anywho, you know, I look back and think that, that, that was, you know, as you call them, a huge hinge moment and, uh, you know, my parents said, um, no, you know, he'll he'll do it, he'll get through it, he'll be fine. And uh, and uh, you know, I th- I think had they had they put me on a track towards avoidance, you know, I right. definitely pro- probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. So it was definitely um they definitely put me on a track of approach versus avoidance, uh, very early in life. And
2: uh I thank them for that. And so what was the line there, board?
1: I have no idea, no. Oh, I thought it was gonna be something poetic. <laughs> uh, no, I had no idea. Uh, maybe, you know, four score seven years ago, uh, you know, the pilgrims came to Earth. I, I, I had no
2: idea. Well okay. <laughs> Gettysburg addressed it right. In fourteen ninety two, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Exactly, exactly. That's that's probably closer to that. Um, so I mean, in, in terms of like about like the stuttering, I mean, you've you've experienced that since you were a little kid. I mean and and i want to get delve into that obviously your career how that helped mold into like your coaching but one of the things you talked about you said uh, embrace how your life is different because you stutter because you stutter you will experience things others won't can you talk about that
1: yeah you know um you know we all have things to figure out in life right and you know by necessity you know i had a lot to figure out and uh, um stuttering was uh something that i've continually had to had to figure out to one degree or another you know throughout my life but it definitely um gives you a different experience of the world and um a lot of that was painful but um you know as i've grown i've i've been able to flip it on its head and and you use it to uh really just um you know find a fascinating world of uh of neuroscience and you know just how the brain works in general and uh you know i i liken it to uh to just movement in general like speaking is movement so so you know just how the brain would coordinate and uh initiate and support a golf swing it's it's supporting and and uh initiating you know the the kind of the under underneath the hood stuff that goes into to speaking and and movement so so you know the, those were the connections I made and was able to kind of put all those concepts more or less into a process as as you know as as you talk about and and uh you know I had an opportunity to sh- share it with some really good golfers uh who who um were were going through some particular challenges and uh connected with them as, as I thought it would and uh, you know that that that's why I'm here today,
2: yeah. So, um, if you can delve in that a little bit further, because I've 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 heard you spoke and we've spoken about like it wouldn't be the urgent situations that would cause you to stutter. It would be the simple calls to like the station. Like growing up, how did it impact you there? Like, what would um, you know? Would it be ordering like fast food or something? Yeah, like that? Like, you know, yeah, kind
1: of um, you know. Obviously, you know, we're of Asia. We we grew up in the age of landline, so. Um, it would be a lot of answering the phone, saying hello, um, you know, simply saying my name. You know, you, you go into a new group, you're on a new team, and they're saying, introduce yourself. You know, just tell us who you are. And, you know, just something as simple as that, um, you know, th- those would be things that there would be a lot of anticipation around, a lot of anxiety um, because because the stuttering was present, or at least potentially present. You know, it's not present all the time. And so, uh, it's a very in- environmental thing and, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it was, you know, saying my name, introducing myself, maybe, you know, reading something in front of the class, um, um, you know, things like that. And, you know, you're asking kind of how it relates to now is uh, like, um, uh, you know, uh, I have a dual career you know presently I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firefighter every 24 um every basically every 48 hours of my life you know I put in 24 hours at the fire the fire department and uh you know like all um most firefighters d- do have some type of dual career so I don't think I'm the first firefighter to have a dual career you know my 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 second gig is just not roofing or owning a lawn care service so so and and likewise, you know, we as coaches, you know, um, I'm sure I'm not the first coach to have some type of a second career, whether that, you know, um, teaching or, you know, m- my good buddy Sean Foley, you know, shared the story with me how he, he waited tables early in his career. And so um, but but um going back to what you asked, you know, in the fire service, you know, I found it very interesting that it really wasn't the emergency situations where my stuttering was most severe um it was in the situations the non-emergency kind of radio traffic you know when i when i drive the truck and you know um in the mornings i have to get on the radio and basically just say for example engine five check engine five outside radio check um or when you're coming back to the station engine five back in um you know, th- those are, those are the situations early in my career. I find myself waking up at four o'clock in the morning, um, thinking about, right? And so, so, you know, a, a lot of what you would call atypical neural experiences, you know, g- going on that, that, um, and so, you know, it's, you know, it's how you work through that. It's, you know, and people wouldn't see that, you know, that they would just experience, they don't experience that side of stuttering. Or even that side of performance. It's 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 uh, the more behavioral aspect of it. You know, is what they experience. But it's so much more. I mean, the behavioral aspect is is probably less than five percent of it. Mm. It's it's all the invisible things that um you know go into to the experience. And you know, I just you know I've likened that to to sports, or you know, especially in golf and. Other performances, you know, it's, um, then the visible things matter too, you know, other than just our technique. And so, um, you know, that, that that's where my systems and processes could kind of, uh, evolved into.
2: Yeah. So how much of it was like the anticipation of it happening that, that affected you?
1: Well, you know, I call that kind of the, the experience itself. I mean, to me, that is stuttering is, thinking about your your speech, you know, thinking about, you know, thinking about not stuttering is stuttering and in my head because it's such an atypical neural experience. Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the anticipation is, is a great part of it, you know, and working through that, um, you know, what, you know, working through like what, what mental skills, what skill set do I bring to bear? you know, on this experience to to smooth it out and to, you know, just get through it. You know, lots of t- in terms of just just uh energy and uh, not being exhausted with it. You know, I kinda liken it to the experience is kind of like you've got um vacation time coming around your job and you've you've been just exhausted at work. Just, you know, um you know, working your butt off, and you're just ready for a week off. You know, and, and it's like the car's packed, the kids are in the car, and all you got to all you got to say is, you know, all you got to do is pass one little simple test. It's like say engine five without stuttering, and it's like you can't do it or you can't get through it. You know, without so much effort. And I mean that that's that's kind of what I like in the experience too. You know, one of the funniest stories, the worst stuttering experience in my fire department career was in the frozen food aisle of walmart and this was uh this was the last shift before my basically my three-week vacation flight. okay i was tired you know i was just we were we were in the in the in walmart shopping and i accidentally hit my emergency button and i was new in the fire service so they call back and basically all you gotta say is 10-4 oh. and i went to keep my radio and i was just exhausted and nothing would come out i mean you know and so it literally in that day i just like i'm not i'm not letting up on the key it'll just take what it takes and it took like 10 seconds for me to say 104 but you know in an emergency situation or when when other factors are in play you know a lot of times in golf or you know other factors are in play and um you know your attention being elsewhere other than then self-conscious is where, you know, it's all about, you know, that that's the flow experience. And, uh so, you know, stuttering taught me a lot about flow because stuttering is the very opposite of, of the flow experience, you know, from, from the, the brain's perspective and the, 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 the mental experience of it. So.
2: Mm-hmm. And so one of the things like you did as a kid, to, like overcome it, like, is this true? Like you would call up Diller's department store, like every Wednesday and, and have to um,
1: Yeah, you know, make a I look request. back on the some of the greatest influences in my life, and you know, that, that that might be another hinge moment. I had I had a wonderful speech therapist at my elementary school. And uh, you know, she was I look back and I call her my performance coach because she just helped me kind of identify little particular challenges and just she helped me have the experiences that would expand my comfort zone. And like you said, one of the things she did, this is back in the mid to late 80s we would go every wednesday we would go into this room with a phone and we'd call different department stores and just ask for do you have any red sweaters available today and uh and you know sometimes i would stutter but the point was was not stuttering the point was getting through it and working on your process that you'd been practicing and just really kind of trying to build up those, those new experiences for the brain, you know, the brain's not always crying out for a perfect experience as as much as it's just, you know, give me a different, you know, healthy experience of, you know, experiencing the same thing. So, so yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I look back and, you know, that, that was kind of my first kind of, um, baptism into performance the performance world i think
2: yeah you know i'm kind of curious why why do you think in the urgent situations um stuttering wouldn't be you know as present
0: hey good looking if you like this podcast and are already a badass but it's all way too complicated then visit our website DrRobBell.com and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment.
1: Um, you know, it probably definitely has has to do with the anticipation factor. Um, like I said, your your, your attention when you're stuttering, you know, your attention just kind of goes all in on on stuttering. It's kinda like what I kind of describe as kind of an overabundance of energy, like going towards one thing that just kind of okay. locks it up, like locking up a motor, more yeah. or less. And so when your energy, you know, by necessity has to go elsewhere. Your attention by necessity has to be on other things, it it has a way of just freeing up, you know, and you know, I I work a lot of that into my processes in golf, you know, and and uh, you know, where where we move our attention, you know, um, matters, you know, and just our ability to move our attention almost automatically is, uh, is a key.
2: So your experience with stuttering, I mean, that, that led you directly into performance coaching, um, you know, even into the yips, cause I mean, they were very, very similar. And, um, you know, I may mean, not have done a lot of research on the yips, obviously I've experienced them, um, and I like the way you put it, periodic loss of automatic ability. Uh, can you talk about your experiences and then, you know, with neuropsychology and how it involved and, you know, really yeah. seamless, seamless into your coaching.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really was. You know, so so as I was at the fire department kind of going through kind of these four o'clock in the morning experiences, right? I know at six forty I'm gonna have to get on there and, you know, it's just like kind of want to have a good experience today or uh, desired performance right and so so i started diving into that that's where like you know i've always been into research i've always been in into academics i'm like why not just go on a research mission and just learn everything there is to learn about stuttering and uh, i came across some great material that kind of synthesized all the you know most up-to-date research and um, ideas and processes around it. And, and, you know, I'm like, holy cow, I'm thinking about golf the whole time because, you know, another big part of my story is like golf was like the first thing I remember being good at, you know, from 10 to 15, it was pretty seamless, but 16, like, you know, I, I was winning kind of statewide golf tournaments. And I'm like, you know, this, this could be something, you know, I, you know, I loved golf. I I loved, you know, I wanted to be on the tour someday, you know, and it was like, And at sixteen, literally two weeks after my biggest win, I got over a two foot putt in just a nine hole high school match. And, you know, I don't know if it was just like the perfect storm of, you know, where my brain how my brain was developing, my age, you know, just just processing things differently as we all do, you know, as we as we grow and um, you know, we're build our minds' ability to kind of um go further into the future, you know, and and ask the what if and attach meaning to things. But I got over that two-footer and I just had an experience that I had never experienced before. And I'm like, you know, what if I was to miss this? You know, like, well, what would that mean? Just quickly, my mind just went down a rabbit hole. And I got over it and I'm, I made a stroke that I had never made before. And and so, you know, in hindsight, it was a yip, yes, you know. And so I basically got the putting yips at 16 that more or less, you know, uh, you know, I was going up, you know, momentum in my golf and all of a sudden I just tanked almost to the point of hitting rock bottom. And, you know, I pieced it back together over the next, you know, three or four years to the point that, you know, I was decent or good enough to walk on my, my college team, but my, my competitive days were pretty much over, you know, and, um, I, you know, I w- went into other things for there, but, but, um yeah so fast forwarding, you know I'm at the word where
2: i word yeah. I have to ask you that man so yeah now now you were plagued with with having issues with short putts from there from there on,
1: oh definitely definitely um but I fixed that, I fixed that in my oh. whole life so but but just the experience was very prevalent and in my back then, I made the mental note. i didn't really you know connect the two powerfully, but I, the experience was like, boy out, this is exactly like stuttering, you know. Here I am practicing these short puts and I'm going into competition and it's not doing, you know, a darn thing about it, you know. And so it's a, you know, it's a really helpless feeling, right? It's like it defies a certain type of effort. So you really got to, it's not just about hard work, but it's about hard, smart work. And you got to, you know, just figure it out, you know, a way to kind of organize the chaos. And so... So kind of fast forwarding, you know, I'm at the fire department. I'm struggling with my stutter. I'm stuttering. I'm, I'm learning about it. I'm making these connections and I'm thinking about, Hey, if this relates to stuttering, it's got to relate to golf, you know? And so, you know, like you said, I put those concepts into a process and I'm like, I'm, you know, and so, so. I, yeah, I found myself like having something to share with the world, and the, now the question goes, "Who do I share it with?" Well, you know, after grad school, I became a caddy on tour for, for 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 two years, and uh, that, that's kind of w- w- where I kind of started my connection with you. You probably don't know it, but but I became really good friends and worked for some of the guys who were working for you. You know, the Scott Stallings, Josh Teeters, Rick Cochran, and how you were so pivotal, you know, in in their you know early professional development and. um so the last guy i met my wife to be, and I decided like, I got to get off the road, you know, full time and, and, you know, kids are on the way. And, you know, I'm like, this was
2: 2010,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Around 2010. Okay. And so I basically decided, okay, I'm going to carry one more tournament. And it was Louisiana. I didn't have the bag. I didn't have a bag for the week, but I got a call. I got a call from a guy named Brendan Todd. And I, I being in that world, I knew Brendan Todd was an all American in Georgia. I knew he got his, tour card directly and you know I, I i knew that he had not kept his card as rookie year on tour and he's called me and basically said you know i need someone to want work work the event for me i said sure you know i don't have a bag it's just gonna be a one-week deal because i'm leaving caddying and so i went that week and brendan um was in what he now calls his first battle with the full swing yet and it was like a lot of shots were good, but three or four were literally off the property, you know, yeah. very tough position. And so um, I kept up with his career, you know, great guy. And, you know, basically our connection was I had his phone number, you know, one event, you know, you don't, you know, he didn't really know me from then out. But but I had his phone number and Brendan has this interesting career. So, you know, that was 2010. And so he kind of pieced it back together. You know, yep. as we do, yep. um, to the point in fourteen. You know, he won the Byron Nelson. He he gotten back on tour, which I you know keeping up with him like this is incredible because this guy literally could not break par. Right, and um, you know by the time you know he met in fifteen, he missed out on the Ryder Cup by like two spots, you know one or two spots, and uh, was just a contender. And then at the very end of fifteen, he he basically went on this journey where he basically missed forty cuts in a row to the point where... 4-0, four, four right? Yeah, 4-0, over 4-0. Mm. And um, to the point where, you know, he was literally on the verge of walking away from the game. You know, he had past champion status, which basically got, got him in one guaranteed event a year, maybe two. Right. And, um, and you know, I didn't know it at the time, but I'm like, man, you know, this information that I've got would really connect with with B.T., and, you know, I had his phone over and I'm just gonna like stab in the dark. I'm just going to call him up and just see if he'd be willing to hear me out. And Doc, in a million years, I never thought he'd really take my call. But long, long story short, that was August of 2018. We had our first phone, first conversation, and we've spoken every week since then. And he's gone on, you know, he, he got back on a tour one, two in a row, almost one a third and has been, you know, contended in some, you know, big, big events and, you know, he's gone on to become a staple, you know, on the PJ tour. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously that, that opened up a lot of opportunity, you know, for me to to work with other players at, at all levels. And so, you know, I couldn't be any more thankful.
2: So talk to us about like, <clears throat> You talked about movement of the mind, right like and and we've talked about like the smooth transitions. I mean, so talk to us about that process. How did you go about um helping him through that?
1: Well, you know one of the things I told him was that you know you've got to forgive yourself you know for 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 having you know put yourself in this position or gone through it, and I said, you've got to believe that your elite reference points are still there. It's not not that you just like get that good. And then all of a sudden that those reference points just disappear. It's just for one reason or another, you know, it's easy to get upside down and, you know, connecting with those reference points, you know, we have one way of connecting, you know, for years. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get upside down. It's like maybe old ways weren't working. And so it was like so much of it with him was just, how do we bring some order to this chaotic experience? And, and how do we, how do we prepare differently, you know, and how do we just, um, just consistently, you know, rebuild those processes of him connecting with his best under pressure. And
2: so, so one one of the things I'm curious about this, one of the things is whenever I've worked with anybody with the Yips, they've pretty much convinced me that there's nothing that that they could do in order to fix it. I mean, they actually had me to the point where I would doubt myself in terms of, geez, can I really help this guy, right? Cause I mean, they really are, it is really tough to explain, right? I mean, you would understand it even a lot better because of all the experiences you've gone through, but the fact of there's so much pain that goes along with an automated task that you can no longer perform automatically, um, how much, how much scar tissue, you know, develops throughout, and I'm and I'm speaking in general, right, and all the you know individuals you work with. How much scar tissue really builds up from all those you know painful experiences about not being able to do what you once did?
1: Yeah, it, it a lot builds up, and uh, you know, it's more or less memories, right and uh you know one of the things I found through neuroscience was you know one of the main pieces that that the brain uses in in determining how the body's gonna move is memory uh, along with what I call real time inputs but you know our 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 brain is um you know looking towards memories of past past similar experiences you know it's it's it, you know works off of pattern recognition and you know all, all that good stuff but But, um, you know, it it is, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, going back to stuttering, it's like, can it be cured? And it's like, it can be smoothed out and in some cases maybe cured, you know, in terms of the behavioral aspect. I don't believe that, you know, I think, I think the yips or stuttering, you know, is what I call kind of a, a latent kind of human potential, you know, and so you don't get rid of the potential to experience something like the ebbs. Now you can learn how to deal with it very effectively and maybe not ever experience that, that latent potential, but, but it's there for everyone. You know, one of my, one of the guys I've, I've become good friends with on tour is uh, uh, a South African uh top 50 player in the world, Christian Basinway. B- 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 and, uh, Christian stuttered. We
2: did practice, practice around with him not so long ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, a great guy, and you know, we become starting to become good friends. And you know, Christian's experience is a little different because he he drank rat poison accidentally right. as a kid, and it changed his brain chemistry, and you know, one of the effects was stuttering. And so, um, so you know, if the brain's put in a certain position or environment or certain factors, it can trigger stuttering. It can trigger the yips experience so so yeah it is you know you you, you've got to find a way you got to find a way that you can prepare that that you can believe again that preparation matters and Mm -hmm. so a lot of that is just kind of what i call kind of curating new experiences for the brain um you know and and that, that can be through how we manage our memories that can be, you know, as well as that, you know, what what are things we're putting into our actual process of hitting golf shots, or or you know, going through big moments, you know, d- doing gymnastics routines, throwing baseball, so anything that's kind of starting from scratch is is kind of where 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 this issue kind of shows up.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I was impressed. I love watching people doing practice rounds just because I like to see how they prepare and you know, everybody's obviously a little bit different in terms of how they do those things, but, uh, there was something about Christian. There was, there was something about the way he approached every shot. Um, and it was really dialed into, I mean, he, he really made sure, uh, like his routine was dialed in on every shot. And I always find that because in a practice round, it's very easy just to go through the motions. So I see it all the time, Mm -hmm. just drop, just drop another ball and do it. But, uh, there really seemed to be purpose in, in what he was doing. So, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that, uh, um, you know about him as well. Um,
1: yeah, I mean you've got to, you've got to have a process
2: for for for
1: dealing with it. You know, mm-hmm. and de- dealing with potentials as well. So,
2: talk to us about movement of the mind because you you've used that really eloquently, and I just want you know our listeners to be able to kind of tap into that. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, you know. Uh, motion or movement is the language of golf could we agree on that you know when you go take a golf lesson you're more or less talking about how your body's moving and how that's leading to how the club's moving how the club face is moving and you know all all that good stuff so but i believe that when it comes to the mental game you know we can use that that same language to describe what's going on in in, in the brain or in the mind. You know, the mind can move fast. It can move slow. It can move orderly. It can move chaotically. It can be organized. It can be, you know, it can just, and all those are tied to movement in one way or another. And so that's the language I strive to use, you know, as I'm coaching players. And, you know, how can we just get, you know, because obviously the mind is moving through different types of moments. You know, planning a golf shot is not the same as executing a golf shot. And the mind doesn't need to be in the same place when we plan a golf shot you know it's kind of taking in information whereas hitting a golf shot should be more about sending out information right and so it's not just i like to think that yeah my process kind of puts some meat on the bone of what it means to be present you know performance demands presence but what does that mean you know like i said it it's different to be fully present planning a shot versus executing a shot or responding to your plan um, it's different to be fully present in dealing with all the emotional and, um, uh, you know, the emotional elements of golf. And, uh, you know, and, and we, we, we have to be present a lot of times when, you know, as you know, there's, you know, the things that we have to be present with sometimes are very unwanted experiences, you know, in our, our path to success. And, you know, as a, as a father now, and we all, I, I use a lot of, family like analogies a lot with my player you know we talk a lot about changing dirty diapers cleaning up spilled milk at inopportune times and you know just kind of like a lot of the same mental skills or stuff that that we're bringing to bear you know on the golf course we're actually bringing to bear a lot you know <laughs> doing things that are just unwanted you know no one wants to fail in golf but but if you play if you compete at the highest level sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna have to become very acclimated with failing you know, and what I call, hopefully you're failing forward, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it, it, it requires a lot and there there are a lot of variables that, that we we have to figure out on the path to success.
2: But, mm-hmm.
1: but like you said, it, it, it's all about your process, right? Um, and, uh. And yeah, 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 like you talk about all the time is you know just process over product, and you know ha- how we experience that.
2: Right. So one of the things that I appreciate about you, especially with your coaching, is you talk about mastering, you master your box. Talk to us about that and, and what entails that, and the process, and, and what it means.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I feel like success is always domain oriented, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we could be great coaches and really you know, crappy dads or crappy spouses. So success, when we're talking about success, it's always related to a particular domain. And so the box is just kind of another word for that domain. You know, I think we have a lot of boxes or at least should have a lot of boxes in our life. You know, now now not not all those boxes pay, right? you know uh being a being a parent you know doesn't necessarily have a always have a financial reward but it's necessary right and uh being a particular type of spouse or employee you know but um you know those boxes that you know we make our living off of or you know can be experienced in in different ways and so you know the box is just a just another way for kind of identifying the that domain, and then- once you do that, you get into really breaking down the different parts you know the specifics of that domain you know what what goes into the experience of of that arena you know and um it's just a it's a way kind of i have developed to really sort through both the the uncertainties that that lie in the future as well as the the certainties
2: mm-hmm when it comes to like the athletes. Again, in general, what do you think most people struggle with?
1: Um, you, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, focus, uh, distraction, you know, I, you know, you know, the just the 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 brain, you know, live, living right now in 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 two thousand twenty two, you know, the 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 human brain is not meant to go through the stimulation that, that, that we experience. you know, being tied in, you know, to 20, 24, seven world of connection online. And so it's like, you know, recently I heard, you know, I heard something um, and I don't really doubt the veracity of it, but I heard that the the average EEG today, the average brain scan of someone living today is similar to the average brain scan of a schizophrenic in the 1940s and 50s and you know so so distractions are not you know not only coming from externally but but our brain our brain's the biggest distraction sometimes you know and 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 how 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 we use that reality you know to to help us and not hurt us is is i think a lot of people are are going through something like that you know a lot of times it's 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 just, it's kind of dealing with the cost of saying no, you know, along the way to success, you know, you have to say no to a lot of things and, and all those things aren't bad. You know, that, that's what kind of makes it difficult. A lot of times it's it's kind of the selfishness involved in order to, to, to be great at your craft. You know, I find that a lot of players more or less are de- are de- dealing with that. And, um, so, uh, that's kind of, you know, th- those are all spaces that I find myself kind of r- repeatedly kind of camping out in.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Camping out, I like that, man. I, I think of campfire, you know, nice, <laughs> nice, nice <laughs> <main> <laughs> place, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, just settling in and, you know, digging it out of the dirt from there.
2: Ward, talk to us about, um, because one, one of the concepts I've, I've spoken with you about is just about time. Can you talk to us about um time and then how it you know impacts your your life and and but also like your coaching? yeah, you know I think
1: obviously to get good takes a lot of time and it also takes a lot of time to stay good and so much of you know the golf domain is all you know it's, it's a lot of maintaining you know you reach a certain you know you you level up to a certain degree and then it's just about you know repeating your processes and and a lot just goes into maintaining and um but yeah time is is like you know i think it's i think it's connected to our attention you know and you know our experience of time is connected to our attention and and um you know what pulls at our attention and um you know i think um that uh you know how we structure our time you know obviously is a reflection of our priorities but a lot of times priorities conflict so you know I I I, I I've, I've joked with you kind of but I'm serious. I hope you have a, a chapter on marriage, you know, in, in, in your upcoming book. <laughs> because you know when you get married it really it really um challenges you know your your attention, you know, and you've got to give attention to your your spouse, you know, but um you you, you we kind of figure figure out how to do that, you know, a, a, along the way, but but um you know, one of the most influential books in my life is the book um the 1990 book Flow, you know, from from that guy that no one can really pronounce his name. Tell um, me hi. Sure. Molly, yeah, you just did. Thanks, about. But, you know, he actually has a chapter in there on on flow and family life and figuring out, you know, how to how to um, you know structure things to to get those wanted kind of optimal experiences that we want.
2: So yeah, that'll be good, man. It's a good reminder. I'm glad you reminded me of that because uh, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, and I'll have to go um, you know relook at that book in, in terms of that chapter as well, man, because it's it's important. I kind of joke like I always think, and, and you agree with me. Well, I mean, agree with the concept. I mean, we're all we're all patients and and we're all we're all nurses right like we all can learn something from somebody else no matter what kind of level they're at right i mean we're always learning Absolutely. from other people you know how a kid approaches putting as opposed to somebody who's going to be like an adult like you can learn from that kid right because there's a no fear approach they're not worried about the comeback you know so to mm-hmm. speak so i'm always about learning from other people but i do kind of laugh when there's a 24 year old who's a life coach because i'm like you know that's great, and I'm sure you got tactics and strategies. But until you've gotten in a wife in, in an argument, like with your wife, and then your kids here and your kids are crying, yeah, I don't really, I don't, I just don't really know if you can offer a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because like that's a very yeah. tense, those are yeah. very tense moments. You regret them, um, and it's not like it's a shouting match, but it's like kids. Kids are kind of like dogs, right? Like they just pick up on these small things, and they can just tell when there's tension and. <laughs> You're having an argument that who you know, a year from now we don't even know what it is. But uh sorry for the tangent on that, man. But when you mentioned marriage, right, there's just so many different paths. But it's like I love coaches, man, that have that life experience that have gone through that.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of like akin to like climbing Everest. I mean, do you, if you if you if you have your pick, do do you want someone to work with you who's who's not only studied Everest, but climbed Everest, ideally, you know, you, you would find that person. Right. And obviously we all, we've all got to start somewhere. There's nothing wrong with the 24 year old going to start in his career, but, but the, the, they'll, you know, if they do it the right way, they'll only become better, you know, with that, with that experience and being able to, you know, empathize as coaches, you know, it's such, such huge, you know, being able to walk in another person's shoes and, and uh you know, figure out, you know, how they're experiencing the world, you know, and,
2: and hearing that going from there. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Um, one of the things that we spoke about, like our initial conversations was kind of like guilt management. you recall that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That actually goes back to the time discussion, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because um, I wrote that down, but I was hoping then, when I write down my notes, I wrote down guilt management. And then I was kind of like, I kind of know what it means, but I don't, but I'll just, I'll just ask Ward. But can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. I think so much, so much of the time when we talk about time management, it can be another just form of managing guilt, you know, it's, it, and it kind of goes back to to focus and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I give it, I give an illustration to a lot of my clients. That I'll share with you is that, like my office at my house is in a in, in a detached structure, okay? And so a lot of times I'll be in, you know, on a podcast or, you know, meeting with a client and my little six-year-old girl, especially in the summer, she'll be out playing in the yard. I can kind of hear her vaguely in the background. Sometimes she'll come up knocking on the door and, and it's never emergency. It's just she's knocking on the door and wants daddy's attention. And, you know, I tell people that in that moment, you know, if I'm gonna focus, not only do I have to concentrate on this this conversation at hand, but I have to actively ignore her. Okay. And I tell mm-hmm. her, I value her a lot more than you. Okay, no offense. But so it's not that I'm just turning my back on my daughter in that moment, or you know, as we're competing, we're having to ignore kind of ourselves, and so much of self is wrapped up in our abilities and our goals, which are great. We all need abilities, we need goals. But, you know, when we're competing, we can't go, you know, one month down the road, you know, and and ask, okay, what's this putt going to mean, you know, for this, that, and, you know, right. the other. So, it's kind of like what I tell people is that, you know, we're having to ignore, again, good things on the way to success. And I just like the word temporarily, temporary ignoring because it kind of blunts the the, you know, like – holy crap, I'm ignoring my daughter, you know, to, to do something, you know. And so it's just temporary, you know, at the fire service, when the tones go off, it doesn't matter, you know, if I'm on the phone with my wife, you know, it's like everything stops and, you know, you're all in. You're going to be all in, you know, hopefully for 15 minutes and not 14 hours. But, but you know, it's like, you know, you go from kind of zero to 100 and, and it's just – uh so, kind of goes back to you know the cost of saying no, but but it's so necessary, you know, in protecting your time and just you know, you know, another way to say it is you know ma- managing your guilt, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you think that being a firefighter has helped you with your coaching?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know in in the in firefighting we we train for the unexpected. Well, not the unexpected, but for the potentially chaotic, right? Right. And so it's, it's much akin to in golf, you know, we're not training for things to go perfectly. We're training for to go through a, you know, killer obstacle course and things are going to pop out, you know, when we least expect it. And, you know, we're going to have unideal thoughts and feelings when we least want to. And that's, that's part and parcel of what, what we're going to deal with. So. You know, it's, it's a lot about the preparation. You know, you, you, you've got to figure out ways to prepare for those. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the fire service is like that. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I like routine, but you know, that there's never really a routine day at the fire department other than, I know I'm going to do my radio check. I know I'm going to clean the bathrooms and, and, uh, you know, we're going to have some training, but you know, literally, you know, things can change, you know, at the drop of a dime and, you know, and, uh, you know, you can, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're with people on, you know, they're a lot of them the worst day of their life. So it's, uh, you know, you, you definitely build up some empathy that, you know, is good for coaching and, you know, just, 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 uh, having a plan to, to, to go in and do battle, you know, it, you know, for, for chaos and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the mind is going to freak out in certain situations. It doesn't matter how mentally tough you are. You know, if you're in a fire and your, your air bottle, you know, malfunctions and you can't breathe, you know, the mind initially is going to freak out, you know, no matter who you are, like I said. And so, you know, we train to, you know, don't go fast in that moment, go as slow as you can mentally, you know, and just remember, you know, but think back to your training and just go through one step at a time, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of kind of, you know, what the seals do, I guess, you know, more or less. And, uh, you know, um, culture is a huge thing. Camaraderie, you know, one of the things I loved about padding was, you know, you always like to learn from the best. And, you know, in the fire service, it's, it's, it's like that. You know, you're going to have some people that, that are, you know, he's the best not tire in the, in the fire department. She's, she's got the most hazmat knowledge in the fire department. You know, uh, this is the strongest guy in the fire department. This is the best cook in the fire department. You know, everyone's got kind of a role to play. And as you, if you observe, you know, and you know, what, what others do and, you know, how they're good, you know, catting and like this guy really, man, he communicated really well in that moment. You just, you can learn from it and incorporate it into your practice and your, your daily habits so um, you know just the, the the camaraderie aspect and you know the relationships we, we built you know your friendships with you, guys like you and you know just able to learn from you know it's a, is, it's is a great a, place to be
2: yeah and I appreciate you sharing that man I mean is there a call that still stands out to you in, in all your years yeah
1: and it, it's 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 one that you know prior to being a firefighter I would you would have never thought of you know it's 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 not the, it's, you know, kind of, unfortunately, it's not the gory stuff because you just kind of, your mind just kind of learns how to kind of block a lot of that out, you right. know, but it's, it's, you know, seeing some of the family situations, I guess, are the hardest and stuff that's, you know, um, you know, that, that, that stays with you, you know, and it's kind of just hardest to, you know, deal with and, you know, it kind of turns into, you know, you, you know, um, I guess you know it's kind of becomes hard to become empathetic at times, you know, because you know uh, you may have you know your wife or kids going through something. And it's just like well, it's not life and death, so it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, but practically, you know, in, in reality, that's not the case. You know, we got things going on at 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 you know different levels, and you know if if my wife is going through a complication, you know, post pregnancy complication, and not life or death, but it's it's a real issue. And you know, I may kids come off, you know, working a you know infant mortality or something. That actually happens. And uh, you know, it's awful, horrible. But but um, you know, and as we were coming back to the station, my wife called me and she was on the way to the hospital, you know, with an issue. And um it was just that, you know, just being present in those moments is is can be tough. I think a a lot of uh um uh, firefighters, EMS police you know that the the, those are the the things that 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 we deal with and you know take home in
2: one way or another yeah want to listen to your favorite music but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today tune into kukoradio.com music for your mindset we're a commercial free online radio station playing nothing but hits our free ios and android apps are available for download at kukoradio.com word i always ask this question well what's the one question that i should be asking man that, that i just haven't asked
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, full disclaimer: as a fan of the show, I anticipated you asking that question, yeah. so I did put a little fault in and
2: you, And you, then you know how it pauses everybody, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And you're great. You're so great at you know asking questions, Doc, and you know, I'm personally, I'm better than at multiple choice and filling the blank, but but I do have one. You know, I, you yeah. could ask me kind of word. What, what, what are you trying to figure out r- mm-hmm. right now in your life? You know, what are the questions that you're wanting? Um, to be a part of the answer, see answered. And, you know, um, I'll just answer that one, you know, kind of in things. You know, I think that that the stuttering world and the golf world, the performance world at large deserves better training options when it comes to to testing and measuring the mental game and the the, the skills involved. Um, I think there being some, and I would like to be a part of that of the process of creating kind of the technology of the future. I'm mean, a kind of kind of a type of brain track man, more or less. You know, currently EEG technology, MRI technology, true brain scans only work when a person is sitting still. So they're they're not real portable. You can't take them to work. I can't take them really truly into like a radio check to scan my brain. You know, in real time pressure. But I've got to believe we can get there with the technology, and uh, I I would love to be a part of that. You know, whether it's in the from the virtual reality world, you know, the the augmented reality world. I've had some really good good conversations with uh, Phil Kenyon uh, here lately about some um, augmented uh, reality technology that's coming out that uh, golfers are going to be able to use. Um in, in putting it's being u- used already by a lot of uh soccer players overseas and and so i'm really excited about uh, potentially you know uh, a dream of mine would be would to be involved with that to provide those better options for for all of us
2: mm-hmm. i love it man yeah <laughs> yeah i mean whenever i'm talking with my guests man i'm always writing down a, lo- a lot of notes man so i have uh yeah, quite a few here but uh man ward uh, thank you so much man for for taking the time joining us that, that flies by doesn't
1: it it, sh- it sh- sure does especially when you're having fun it's always yeah. good to be able to connect with you doc and i appreciate
2: you having me on absolutely man i'm glad we got to make this work and, and thanks for being patient with me man absolutely
0: thanks for listening to mental toughness with dr rob bell to find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. And subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.